Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is... What happened on the night of the full moon in 1976? Hi listeners, I'm Rhea. Hello listeners, I'm Josh and I'm back. And I'm Jem. (laughs) Welcome. Nice to have you back, Josh. Thanks for rejoining us again. I crawled out of my pit to rejoin you. Hello. <laughs> I've been summoned. Some listeners may remember Josh from some of our previous episodes. He's coming to join us today in a very special episode, which is a very special shout out to a very special listener. Die Wolf Summer. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't want to say her name. <laughs> I was going to you, like, like you finished the sentence, but okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> So, so what happens with very special guests is like we we pitch the ball and then sometimes we miss. <laughs> so this episode is um, a special request from Dial of Summer because she has become a galling level patron. She's able to request an episode topic and so she's requested this topic for us today. And it will become more clear once we get into the nitty gritty of what this topic is. So, big shout out to Direwolf Summer. As usual, we love you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for supporting us. If anybody else wants to support us, you can do that on our Patreon. It's cool. You get to pick an episode. It helps us, you know, cover running costs, stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) Helps us afford, you know, cans of tuna, um, (laughs) Japanese mayo. (laughs) New headphones, because mine are broken. You know, all the essentials for running a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, the really essential stuff. (laughs) <laughs> All right, hope you enjoy Dial Summer, and let's get into it. This week on Podcast Nine and Three Quarters, we we cover the case of Snape versus Black <laughs> in order to determine what exactly happened on that full moon night in early 1976, the night of the so-called prank. Defending the, the Slytherin side, we have head of Slytherin House, Horace Lughorn, Portrayed by Rhea in this reenactment. Hello, this is where I do a big fancy bow. Defending the Gryffindor <laughs> side, we have myself, Jem, as McGonag- M- Minerva McGonagall. I'm also doing a bow, very solemnly. <laughs> <laughs> and as the judge, jury, and executioner, <laughs> we have Headmaster Albus Dumbledore, portrayed by Josh. I also serve as Gryffindor, I mean, unbiased judge. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, the candy. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the fact that in this mock trial we have two defences. That's good. No, no prosecution. Look, I didn't pass legal studies. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Shall we begin with the first question on the, um, on the schedule? Mm-hmm. What happened on the night of the prank? Uh, what happened was a deeply terrible incident 
resulting in the near death of a oh, student God. from my house. That's what happened. Oh, could you please elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The fact that you interrupted to ask if I would keep talking. Amazing. 10 out of 10 Dumbledore impression. <laughs> Oh, I love every episode that Josh is here. <laughs> Who's Josh? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Oh, Horace, if you know Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Yes, I do know you. They're good on you for remembering all your names. <laughs> Hi, Horace, how are you doing? <laughs> Shut up. I'll go, I'll go fetch some biscuits. This is going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's difficult to say exactly what occurred. I've heard different versions of the tale from almost everyone involved. And what I can tell for certain is that everyone involved is both staggeringly reckless and incapable or unwilling to use their brains and think about the consequences of their actions. What I believe happened is that at least one student from Gryffindor House attempted to cause serious bodily harm to my student, Severus Snape, who is a largely innocent party who's probably Objection. never done anything wrong in his life. <laughs> Objection! Speculation! <laughs> Minerva, please. Yes? Horace, continue. Okay. The version of events that I've heard from Severus Snape is that he suspected that James Potter and his friends were breaking school rules. He witnessed Remus Lupin entering the secret passage beneath the Whomping Willow. He confronted Sirius Black about this, and Black told him the secret of how to enter the passage safely, and then encouraged him to follow Lupin down there on the night of the next full moon. Snape did so, and when he reached the Shrieking Shack, he witnessed Lupin in his transformed state. At this point, Snape's life was saved by James Potter, who had heard what Black had done and came to intervene before anyone was hurt. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Snape claims that Black was trying to kill him and that Lupin and Potter were both in on it. Potter got cold feet at the last second and acted only to prevent himself and his accomplices from being expelled. Very heroic on Potter's part. Yeah, I totally agree, uh, Professor Dumbledore. I personally think (laughs) that although uh, Potter seemed to act recklessly by being out of bed after hours, as several of the students in this situation were, I think that he should still be awarded for his bravery Mm. in saving another student's life. Personally, a trophy or a medal, maybe maybe at least 200 points to Gryffindor, shall I recommend? I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Own a hundred and ninety. Isn't that like exactly the point difference between the Slytherin Gryffindor houses right now and the race? Objection. <laughs> Relevance. <laughs> the difference is what I make it to be. Uh, <laughs> Minerva, have you heard a different version of events? Ah, uh, yes. From Snape or from any of the other participants? I've heard their stories as well, but I've started with Snape's. As you may know, most of the people that are involved in this event belong to my house, Gryffindor House, so I have talked to, of course, all the students under my care and Snape as well. I'll start with uh, Sirius. So, Mr. Black has informed me that Mm -hmm. Severus Snape has been 
for lack of a better term, spying on himself and his friends for some time now, following them around and trying to get them in trouble and get them expelled. Now, as we know as as uh, teachers, and because of this event, it has brought to light the fact that Remus is um, is ill with lycanthropy, and so he it, it necessitates that he has to be out of bed at certain times and be on the school grounds after dark and go to this secret passage to transform safely. So, mm-hmm. Snape... <sighs> may claim that his intentions were to make sure that no school rules were being broken. However, I would like to point out that no school rules were being broken by Lupin being out of bed and going to the Whomping Willow every every full moon. I'd also like to point out that later on I'll, I will elucidate further, sorry, I will clarify further, on Snape's uh, intentions and theories about what Lupin was doing at, at the night of the full moon. So Snape's intentions here weren't entirely innocent. He was trying to catch uh, these boys out and doing something wrong and to get them expelled and punished because there is a bit of animosity between these two groups. So Sirius has informed me that this is what's been going on with Snape and his group of friends and that he got tired of Snape's antics, essentially, and simply informed him on how the Whomping Willow Passage would open. Extremely reckless on Sirius's part, but I would like to point out that Sirius wasn't telling Snape to go out there and risk his life on a full moon night after hours. It was Snape's choice to act on Sirius's words on how to open the passage by going out after dark, getting out of his bed when he should be in bed, and following Lupin on a selfish whim. And not talking to a teacher first if he was so concerned about the rules of the school being broken. Sirius did not have an intent to harm or kill Snape. He simply wanted to... He, he was being reckless in what he said to him, but he, did, he had no intent to harm another student. He was simply joking around. It was a joke that was reckless and foolish, and Sirius, of course, should be punished for this. But he should not be accused of the attempted murder of another student. And as far as I'm concerned, James Potter had no involvement in the prank, as we're calling it. In fact... I don't think he was even made aware that Snape had been told how to enter the Shrieking Shack by Sirius Black until it was almost too late, and that, that he, was when he decided to intervene. Let's let's leave James Potter out of this for now. I'd like to start with Snape and Sirius Black before we start bringing in other parties. Just to interrupt again, Minerva, you seem to have something against the boy, Severus. No. Sure. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Severus was a victim here. I'm merely saying that he was also breaking school rules. If he was so worried about the rules being broken, why did he not come to a teacher? Why did he not attempt to do something during the daylight hours? Why did he not try to confront Lupin personally or anything of that nature? He decided to go a dishonourable route. And by that same note, if Sirius Black was so bothered by Snape harassing him and his friends, why did he not go to a teacher about it? Why did he feel the need to settle it himself? By punishing Snape with death for being annoying. This is where I draw come in again, because it seems like what we pride in bravery in Gryffindor is punished in Slytherin. Curiosity and bravery can sometimes overlap. So what is truly going on here between you two? Between what? Between you two. Between between me and Minerva. <laughs> We're not the ones on trial here, Headmaster. <laughs> uh, Fuck yeah, just flip the script on us. 
Amazing. It appears that we all have our own agendas. <laughs> Deep. <laughs> I don't have anything against Snape personally. I'm merely questioning the the nobleness of his actions, as he so claims. And I will point out later in my argument as to what Snape's true intentions were here, as I've learned from other students in my own house. All right. That's what I've got to say for now. I don't necessarily see Snape's actions as noble. I believe that was the word that you used. Mm-hmm. Breaking curfew, sneaking around after hours, following other students, all of these things are troubling behaviours that I will be speaking to Sneverus about as his head of house. Mm-hmm. What I find most troubling about this scenario is Sirius Black's attitude towards this. He has claimed mm-hmm. that this is all a joke. He has also said that Snape got what he deserved for sneaking around, bothering him and his friends, and trying to get them expelled. The utter lack of remorse that I see from Black is deeply disturbing to me. His actions could very easily have led to Snape's death, or worse, arguably. And I am worried by the potential that we will not take that seriously. Okay. Forgive the pun. (laughs) Okay. I, I am unsure if Sirius's response to the situation is a demonstration of a lack of remorse or a demonstration of an ignorance to the severity of the situation, in which case I want to make sure the punishment mm-hmm. fits the crime more than assuming that Sirius is entirely remorseless and lacking empathy for the fact that he nearly caused students' death. He didn't cause it. He merely said something and the student risked it. Risked yes. it. Um, or is Sirius just ignorant to the fact that Snape would respond in a certain way and could not only get himself into serious danger, but potentially killed or potentially become a werewolf himself, which is a whole other kettle of fish. I just think that, obviously, Sirius doesn't like Snape, but I don't think that his intention was to harm Snape, and I think that we need to look at it from that perspective of... Maybe Sirius wanted to make sure that Snape was to make sure that Snape was made aware of the fact that him and his friends were annoyed that Snape was always on their tails, for lack of better like lack of a better phrase. But Sirius wasn't intending to have Snape killed because of that. He wanted to frighten Snape, so it's, he's looking at it from a childish point of view that we need to direct that we need to aim our punishments at to make sure that he sees the situation for what it was understands that he could have seriously caused harm or or death towards another student and that he should be punished accordingly for that. So you're saying that Sirius's intention was not that Snape should die. Mm-hmm. And you're speculating that his intention was to warn Snape? So this was supposed to be a threat? More like a fright, like a scare, like a prank. Like, oh, you want to know what we're doing uh, by... You want to know what Lupin's doing every full moon? Well, why don't you go and see for yourself? Like, it's a, a dare a, a dare or a spook, not necessarily a threat or a, a provocation against Snape's life or an attempt against Snape's life, but merely just a... Uh, how do I put... I'm trying to put this in the right words, out of game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, merely just a... Well, you want to like you want to come see who's hard enough. I, 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 I'm trying to provocation. 
it was a it, dare yeah, challenge. But it was also on Snape the fact that he took up that challenge. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He should have gone to a teacher and reported that he had seen a student yeah. out of bed after hours. It's not like Sirius said, oh, you should come down to the, the Whomping Willow. <laughs> you should do this. This is what you should do. I'm telling you to do this. He just told him how the Whomping Willow thing works, how to get into the mm, passage. I don't think that's what I've heard. Professors, for- I just want to inquire, <laughs> where do we draw the line in the sand? Minerva, it seems to me in the past you have punished students for far less before. And Horace... What do you the situation is this? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying Siri shouldn't be punished. She should absolutely be punished. But I don't think that we should be framing this as Sirius was intending to harm another student. But what are you trying to frame it as? That Sirius wasn't intending to harm another student, but his actions were reckless and ignorant and resulted in the knee harm of another student. And he should be punished accordingly for that. At a certain point, I'm not interested in intentions. Even the best of intentions can still lead to acts of shocking cruelty. And I don't believe that Sirius Black did have the best of intentions. I think his intentions were malicious, even if they weren't as far as outright murder. He, at the very least, didn't care if Snape got seriously hurt. At worst, he he might have wanted him dead. We just, we can't know unless we... (laughs) somehow look into his mind which hopefully none of us here would ever do to a child (laughs) my question is again how are all the boys how are they yes well-being wise yes well uh snape is shocked severus yeah so severus snape is shocked he's blaming uh both potter and sirius for nearly causing his death and he's also been sworn into secrecy by you, Headmaster, as you know, to not reveal the true nature of uh, Remus Lupin's condition. Mm-hmm. James has had very little comment beyond the fact that he was not aware of what Sirius had done until it was almost too late. And then when, as soon as he was made aware of it, he instantly acted because he knew that it could result in serious harm towards Severus. So he acted to, you know, save Severus's life at great risk to his own. And uh, Sirius himself, well, we've heard what Sirius has said. Lupin has been told of what happened after the event, because, of mm. course, while he was transformed, he, does, he has no memory of what's going on. We can only assume that he's quite upset about what's happened. But he has been assured that no one will learn his secret. For my questioning of Lupin, he claims to have no knowledge of any of this, and... He seems unwilling to speak out against his friends. He keeps just trying to change the subject. As is his right, Horace. It's hard to do. You don't know how he lives. <laughs> I will show you. We also, we value loyalty here at Hogwarts. And I think that uh, the fact that Remus Lupin is willing to be loyal to his friends and, and to care about his friends' needs, that, that shows the true heart of Gryffindor, I, I would say. What did you say, Professor? A true heart of a good person. Yeah. Above all else. Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, or Ravenclaw. By that logic, we should be rewarding Snape for being shrewd and cunning. Which I don't think is a very appropriate response to this situation. Remus didn't do anything. (laughs) I'm just... No, I don't... Remus didn't do anything. I should take that boy's name. 
<laughs> he's part of the incident. I'm afraid he's on the record. <laughs> okay. I would like to present the evidence from another student in my house. James Potter? No, no, Lily Evans. Ah, so, of Lily Evans has expressed to me that for some time now, Snape has had a theory that Lupin is a werewolf and has been wanting to, for lack of a better term, catch him out. Hmm. Find out if, if his theory is true. And this is something that Snape has expressed to her. Lily's position on the matter is that if Lupin is a werewolf, he should be left alone. He's ill. He's clearly not comfortable about who he is. And that, that should just be left, like, live and let die. It's not her business. Snape's attitude has been that he ought to catch Lupin out because, well, it's unclear why. And I think that that's a very troubling motive. This disturbs me too. Your claim that Snape is entirely a victim here, although he was at the centre of this and it did nearly result in his harm, he knew what he was getting himself into. He had suspicions of what Lupin was. He decided to go out on the night of the full moon to confirm his his suspicions. And now he's blaming Sirius Black and James Potter for plotting and putting him in the situation of mortal danger. This does cast a troubling light on events. I was certainly not aware of this. I was certainly not made aware of this by my student Severus Snape, I should say. Hmm. Surprising. (laughs) Surprising indeed. Almost as if he has something to hide. (laughs) Yes, convenient. Would anyone like a cockroach custard? No, thank you, Professor. (laughs) Yes, I grab a handful of them. (laughs) Amazing. Delicious. (laughs) It is a sad fact that anti-werewolf sentiment is rife in our current society. And it saddens me that this is the case, but it is not entirely unfounded. Werewolves are completely unable to control themselves during the full moon, and that makes them a danger. Headmaster, you are well aware of the risk of having Remus Lupin attend this school. I support your decision, of course. But if a student suspected his condition and wanted to confirm it, I can't exactly blame them. If they suspected, wouldn't it be wise to come see either myself or you? Or Madame Pomfrey. Madame Pomfrey. Instead it would of be taking wise. such drastic action against another student, endangering so, not only that students' lives, but their own and the wider community at all. The actions of Snape clearly indicate that Snape wasn't concerned about the safety of the school and himself by having a werewolf in his grade, more that he was wanting to catch out Remus and get him in trouble and get him expelled and expose the fact that he was a werewolf. Remus deserves an education like any student. Yes, of course he does. You don't know that for certain, Minerva. The fact that he wanted to catch... Lupin might have more to do with personal animosity, but his motivations for doing so could be to protect the school from the potentially dangerous threat. But didn't you say before that sometimes motives cannot be drawn into question when serious harm? I did. I did say that. (laughs) Also, if that was his true motive, would he have not come to you, Professor Slughorn? his trusted head of house or to Dumbledore or to another teacher another authority figure to discuss this as as I said at the beginning of this all of these boys none of them have used their brains to think <laughs> at, they should have gone to teachers at many points during this incident 
from beginning to end there were probably about 12 different times when each of them could have gone to a teacher but they didn't well i suppose we can move on to what rules were broken because there's plenty that were i want to discuss james potter and his role in all of this oh okay Hmm. james from what i've interpreted claims to have no knowledge of the prank before black told him what was happening and then he acted immediately to protect both lupin snape and to a lesser extent black himself Mm -hmm. as far as i can tell he sees himself as the hero of this story it's difficult to tell if he agrees or disagrees entirely with snape or black's versions of events he's certainly not willing to condemn his friend in front of a teacher but to some extent he was clearly unwilling to go along with black's plan He is adamant that Lupin had no idea what was going on and isn't to blame. Mm -hmm. But that's all I've been able to get from him. Do you have anything more to add, Minerva? No, that is what James has told me too, that he wasn't aware of what was going on until it it was nearly happening, when Sirius sort of let the cat out of the bag, for lack of a better phrase. And that he's always claimed that Lupin had no idea as well, but basically Sirius was the only one that knew up until Sirius confided in James. So it's definitely we should be focusing in on Sirius Black and Severus Snape. Those are our most contentious parties here. <laughs> yes, that seems to be the case. In fact, Peter Pettigrew, who's always a lump of a boy running around with Sirius Black and James Potter, seems to have nothing to do with this incident at all. Barely mentioned. Hmm. I will admit I was suspicious of him in the beginning because those four Gryffindor boys are largely inseparable. It seems strange to me that he could be completely uninvolved. I speculate he was at least aware of events. I questioned him. He didn't. There was no evidence from Sirius James, Lupin, anyone else involved in the event that Peter was even there or knew about anything that was going on. Yeah. I will keep a close eye on the boy. <laughs> For all I can say is, we can inject our own opinions and speculate what we want, but we must assess the facts. And make sure all our students are safe. In the interest of sticking to the facts, let's discuss exactly what school rules were broken by each notable party in this event. Okay. <laughs> Several school rules have been broken, some knowingly, some unknowingly. I think we're all in agreement that all parties should be punished appropriately. Mm-hmm. Let's begin with Snape. Breaking curfew on multiple occasions, approaching the Whomping Willow, which is forbidden... Mm-hmm. And leaving the school grounds, although he did the third one, I would argue, unknowingly. He didn't know where the tunnel would lead when he entered it. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add there, Minerva? I would also like to add, I suppose, is would bullying be considered? Considering the fact that there is evidence to say that Snape has been following this group around and trying to catch them out sort of spying on them, that's surely not appropriate behaviour. It's inappropriate behaviour, but I think if we want to add bullying to the list of charges, your students will be in far more trouble than mine. Yes, so bullying, obviously we have to add bullying considering what's happening, but maybe for Snape, uh, spying or stalking inappropriate conduct, something along that line? I would call it a hate crime if I believed that werewolves were a protected minority, but I just don't think they are in wizarding society. Unfortunately, they're not, but I would still say that they're a minority, a persecuted minority. Yes, definitely. So perhaps it could be counted as a hate crime, considering that, as we discussed, Snape knew exactly what he was getting into, and his motives were not 
honorable, to say the least. I'd say that would be... Well, I don't necessarily agree with all of your points. That would be a fair assumption to make. Mm-hmm. We also know that Snape... Well, he hangs out with students that have uh, particular views. Let's put it that way. So, it... Okay, objection <laughs> relevance. Well, if we're bringing up the fact that this is a potential hate crime on Snape's part, this is backed up by the fact that he hangs out with Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you don't know that word, which uh, fascists, <laughs> neo-fascists, <laughs> kind of like our government, but young and non-official. <laughs> Having friends or associating with certain people is not a crime. No, it's not, and it's certainly not against school rules. Shall we continue? Let's look at black. While there's no evidence, as far as I can see, that he has broken curfew or approached the Whomping Willow, although I heavily suspect that he has, mm-hmm. the best that I, the best possible circumstance I can see for Black is reckless endangerment. The worst I can see is attempted murder by proxy. I am more on, obviously, more on the side of reckless endangerment. Like I said, I don't think that Black's intention was to kill Severus Snape. If it was. He would have been more direct, I think. (laughs) I just don't know that that's the case. I feel like this is a pretty good way to get rid of an enemy who, as you said, has been harassing and annoying your group of friends for a long period of time. Getting him a taste of his own medicine, as it were, might be perceived as just in the eyes of a emotional teenager. Teenager, let's focus on that word here. Sirius Black is 15. When he thinks about getting back at Snape, he's not thinking about inevitably causing Snape's murder or serious harm. He's thinking about making sure Snape realises that he shouldn't be following him and his friends around anymore by getting a good scare. That's what Sirius's goal was here. Do we consider it murder when we beat a bludger towards another person's skull? Exactly. Um... (laughs) Oh, definitely reckless endangerment. <laughs> if you hit a bludger at someone, is that murder? If they die, I would say it's manslaughter. <laughs> I'm of the opinion that it's reckless endangerment. Sirius's intent wasn't to kill Snape, but merely to get Snape off their case or make him frightened so that he stops interfering with them. <sighs> I guess. I'm, I'm unhappy with that ruling. But I, I seem to be outvoted. Horace, I will be speaking to Black privately. Good. <laughs> I feel as, as will I. <laughs> uh, Lupin. As you said, he is allowed to be out of bed after hours. He's allowed to enter the Whomping Willow. I am concerned that he seems to have told other students how to get past the Whomping Willow. Mm. Students should have no knowledge of the secret passage. I agree. To prevent exactly this from happening. Lupin should understand that better than anybody else. I'm very worried by the fact that Black possessed this information and was able to pass it along in the first place. I agree. I think that Lupin should be admonished, but personally I think, given what has happened, he has received punishment enough. I will give him a stern talking to to, to remind him that he is not to tell anyone else, or anyone at all, about how to access the secret passage in which he transforms in as that is for his own safety and for the safety of other students. And I'm sure, given Lupin's nature, 
he will be very disappointed in himself and receptive to that criticism. I also want you both to think how lonely it is to be a werewolf and to be a young boy stricken with such a curse and to also think back to when you were young and your friends then seemed like they will be forever and would you want to share the burden at least a little bit with them? I will speak to the boy but I have nothing but empathy for him. Okay. That's very true, Headmaster. I also deeply empathise with the boy. (laughs) Even though that might be out of character. (laughs) I do want him to understand the very, very serious nature of this, though. Please, please do speak to him and empathise (laughs) emphasise how badly this could have gone. You know I will, Horace. Potter, I believe, also broke curfew, also approached the Whomping Willow, and also left school grounds, as Severus did. Mm-hmm. Although, in his case, he was doing it to save somebody else's life, so we might be lenient for him. Yeah, I believe some house points should be taken, but ultimately Potter should be rewarded for his actions. If Potter had decided to follow school rules, Snape mightn't be here. I am very, very worried about the long-term effects of not treating this as a serious matter. I I feel like rewarding James Potter is very much a step in the wrong direction. We should emphasize the consequences of what could have happened here to everyone involved and dole out appropriate punishments. Okay, so how about we encourage this streak of responsibility for Potter? By... Making him prefect. <laughs> <laughs> reward that's the exact opposite of what i said but he also has to have a strict adherence to the rules as a prefect we're in he's in his fifth year he's not a prefect remus lupin is a prefect what a truly bizarre response to this situation to take away remus lupin's prefect status and give it to james potter i meant make james potter head boy once the time comes okay (laughs) i forgot how prefects work in canon sorry (laughs) so two years from now i suppose if he becomes significantly more responsible between now and then we Hmm. could consider that time will tell (laughs) i don't think the boy should be rewarded but he should be guided along this path of responsibility Mm mm-hmm constructively critiqued for the fact that he nearly caused serious harm, but also amended that he amended the situation. That is important, especially for a young boy like James Potter. He should be... It might be beneficial to remind James Potter that now that he has saved Severus's life, he might have to have more responsibility for Severus now. I don't anticipate that going well. Good luck with that conversation. I'll imbue some stuff about <laughs> honourableness and leadership, you know, all those Gryffindor values. I'm sure it'll click some on some level. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so enthusiastic about your own house, Minerva. <laughs> I, I feel like what we're leaning towards is maybe a few detentions and you know, some harsh, some stern words with the boys. I don't like that. I feel like we really need to consider the possible long-term effects of not 
treating this situation very, very seriously and having appropriate punishments for the people involved. If something this serious can happen and be swept under the rug by us, the faculty, what are we teaching these young people? Let's, let's really talk about what we're teaching them. We're teaching Lupin and his friends to underestimate or even disregard the danger of his condition. We're teaching them that it's okay to be reckless around a werewolf. It's okay to expose themselves and others to the possibility of being bitten. We're teaching Potter that putting himself in danger is heroic and brave and that he will be rewarded for it. Frankly, the boy is arrogant enough. We're teaching Sirius Black that he can get away with anything, that it's okay to act recklessly and not think about his actions. We're teaching Snape that there's no justice for him, no consequences for the people who hurt him. We may also be teaching him that the only way to get justice is to take matters into his own hands. And in fact, we're teaching all the boys that it is acceptable to take matters into their own hands and to keep secrets from teachers and other responsible adults. Are you finished? Yes. (laughs) For now. (laughs) Well, in in rebuttal, I would just like to say, when has it been a standard of Hogwarts discipline and punishment to fit the crime? (laughs) As far as I remember... Back in 1940s or something like that, there was a young woman killed on school grounds and the punishment was to send someone to jail, even though there was no evidence in that or that sort of stuff. It wasn't to, you know... I'm sorry, (laughs) what's your point? I'm saying that no one was killed. No one ought to go to jail for this. James should not be punished. He should not be rewarded either. Points should be taken from him because he was out of bed after hours, so let's say 20 points. But we should emphasise that this could have been a lot worse if he had not been there in time, and we will leave it at that. We will not reward him for what he has done. Sirius should be severely punished. There should be points taken, privileges taken, several detentions over several months, and possibly, and obviously we'll be writing to his parents to explain what's happened as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think his parents will have a word in his discipline as well with us with this we should he's not going to hogsmeade anymore we should be light on the details of what happened though of course to protect uh remus lupin and his secret oh of course of course the safety of all involved yeah we will just explain that you know sirius has endangered the life of another student through Mm -hmm. recklessness agreed lupin should be punished with some points taken and one detention with me in which i will explain the severity of his actions. I think, given his nature, he will understand how badly things could have gone and will learn from that punishment. Do you agree, Dumbledore? I believe you two are nearly out of turn and forget who is headmaster. <laughs> you speak of justice, as in Severus deserves justice for what he nearly did to Remus Lupin. Yes, I agreed what nearly happened to him is honourable, irregardless of his safety and of his life, and should be punished severely. But do you believe Raymond should be punished also? Do you believe I will not take strides to punish Black severely for this, these actions? You think Potter is going to get away with becoming more responsible? I will be taking grand action to all of them. Do not bring up the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you weren't headmaster back then, so you weren't in charge of the discipline. <laughs> <laughs> he 
It's just very sad. <laughs> it's it's just fun. a real bummer that I don't want to think about. <laughs> <laughs> While it's very reassuring to hear you say that, Headmaster, frankly, yes, I am concerned that you won't take this seriously and won't punish the boys appropriately. That doesn't seem out of character for me or for this institution. And how would you punish them, Horace? <sighs> well, beyond expulsions, detentions, the loss of house points, what I really want to happen is to impress on each of these boys exactly how serious this was and how terribly things might have gone. Because they're young and they're stupid and they're arrogant and more than any of the official school punishments, what I want is for them to understand. And there's several things that I want them to understand. I want Black to understand that he put Snape's life in danger, and that if Potter hadn't intervened and Snape had survived, he would have been condemned to a lifetime of pain and suffering and discrimination and impoverishment. I I struggle to understand how someone who claims to be friends with a person inflicted with lycanthropy could wish that upon their worst enemy. Surely he should have more empathy. If anyone had been harmed, it could have spelled the end of education for all children inflicted with lycanthropy. Dumbledore, you are taking a huge risk in allowing a werewolf to be in the school in the first place. If it gets out that you've put the lives of all the students at this school in danger by bringing an infectious dark creature into the school... He is a boy! ...then failing to set up the appropriate... You... Pre- you're using dark, I know you're using slandering I'm terms. I'm not saying what I believe, I'm saying what other you people will say. are phrasing the argument like... Yes, I know. He... I'm using these terms very deliberately. I'm aware you are using those terms deliberately. You're framing the argument like he's no longer a boy. He's a specimen. and should be thrown out. I'm taking these risks because he deserves education. Do you not think I will impress upon all the boys the severity of their actions and what... Exactly that you want. It seems to me that you're both challenging my position and also slandering many who are also diagnosed with a terrible illness. I'm not slandering your position at all, Headmaster. I'm merely suggesting that we provide punishments that are already within the school curriculum rather than this long ramble that Horace seems to be going on, <laughs> challenging your uh, punishments. My position is I will not be merely punishing them I'll be taking actions that only I have the authority to do. Mm-hmm. And that I think will impress upon the boys the severity of their crimes. But if I hear any slander against Remus Lupin, or against his illness and knows of his ilk, I will come down you, upon you hard, Horace. I want you to understand that the only reason why I am slandering Remus Lupin is because I am explaining the position of people outside of this institution what they will say if they find out what happened here and what would have happened here if James Potter had not intervened if people had found out that there's a werewolf at this school you probably would have lost your job and any chance that another child with lycanthropy would ever be allowed to attend Hogwarts would be gone which is which would be a travesty because of course Lupin and Ed- all other children with lycanthropy deserve an education and a chance to enter society and live normal lives. Again, you seem to be challenging that I won't impress upon them the severity of their acts 
and that it's a risk to all, both for Remus and for the future of children of Lycanthropy, to attend the school. You're trying to impress upon me that I don't understand the risks, that I don't go out there, witness and see and live <laughs> and understand. May I? Sorry. Yes, ma'am. May I suggest something? As punishment, one of Snape's punishments should be that he should learn about the discrimination faced by werewolves in wizard society. Yes, and I think Black should have to deal with that as well. Well, yes. Good. <laughs> Does this settle it? <laughs> it's good to be reassured that all of the boys will understand what happened here. But I think something that we as adults need to understand is that we need to remember what happened here. We need to always remember that Sirius Black is the kind of person who is capable of betraying a vulnerable friend's secure location to an enemy. And if one day in the future Black was ever implicated in some terrible betrayal of his friends or some violent loss of life, we should all automatically assume that he's guilty because that would make sense based on what happened and what he did when he was a child <laughs> this is a hypothetical but i think we should all agree on that here now as adults uh my response to that is uh faff off horace thank you um i rest my case <laughs> i reckon with that logic we should also look at severus snape and his friends and mm. understand where they come from and where they tend to go based on their actions with each other and to others <laughs> and, how, and what they're studying and perhaps the head of house for Southern House should intervene into matters such as those so that they don't escalate. You're right. I should go right now <laughs> to Slytherin House and give a big speech about... <laughs> perhaps you remember Horace. <laughs> give a big speech about tolerance. <laughs> Horace, perhaps you remember teaching a young boy named Tom Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Inviting him to little parties. <laughs> I don't remember this. I storm out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and that, listeners, is a dramatic reenactment and reading of the trial notes as edited by Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> After the fact. <laughs> mm. the, the truth, I guess we'll never know what was really discussed between those three teachers or if there was a discussion at all. <laughs> Ever. It was just, just, just burnt away, shoved under the blankets, tucked away deep. Yeah, this will this, this really run off the rails there at the end. Uh, I think what I was trying to get at is that I definitely don't think that there is any canon evidence that like the prank was treated as a big deal or that anyone who was involved no, like faced the consequences of their actions. There's just... No evidence for that. In fact, it makes a lot more sense if, like, Sirius and Lupin and James and Snape were all just sort of told to shut up about this and, like, nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to explain why that's a terrible thing and why it led to so much of what happened in the books. (laughs) It's unclear if the boys even come to an authority figure about this until they're adults themselves. Snape must bring it up with Dumbledore later on. No, we know that Snape saw Lupin when he like got to the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel, the Sirius. Sorry, the yeah. Shrieking Shack, yeah. and Dumbledore told him not to tell anyone secrecy. about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you're right. Yeah, but we don't know if Sirius Black was ever really implicated in this. Like, no. 
Dumbledore could have just gotten the impression that Snape went down there of his own volition. Although I can't imagine that Snape wouldn't have tried to pin it on Sirius. Oh, he absolutely would have. And I reckon all the Sirius mm. got was a slap on the wrist. Um, a, if that. that mm. Like, you you know, you really could have killed Snape here. 15 points from Gryffindor. Don't do it again. Totally crushed <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And like... Part of why it was hushed up, of course, would have been to protect Lupin, because, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, of course, you need to protect Lupin. The whole point of him going to Hogwarts, like, it all depends on keeping his condition a secret and keeping it under control. And any word getting out that there is a werewolf and the werewolf almost attacked a student, like, that's the end of him attending Hogwarts and any werewolf ever attending Hogwarts again. Mm -hmm. What makes me sad is... I don't think that Sirius Black understood... I don't think he really understood what he was doing. I think that, like like you said, Jem, he was just trying to, like, basically give Snape a taste of his own medicine, give him a scare, Mm. and, like, make him think twice about following them again and prying into their business again. Whereas, realistically, if Snape had died or he or James had been infected, Black wouldn't have gotten like any real punishment for that like he might have been punished by Dumbledore or whatever but Lupin would have taken the blame Mm. in the eyes of the public it would have been Lupin's fault Mm -hmm. because people already hate werewolves and think that they're dangerous and uncontrollable monsters so even without the fact that Lupin and Snape hate each other it's just everyone would have blamed the evil dangerous werewolf they probably would have thought that he deliberately infected another student because that's just what werewolves do Mm. yeah yeah it's fucked the, like, sort of yeah. tension between Sirius and Lupin that is never explored in the books. It's never, like, explained, like, when they're adults, like, Sirius talks about this prank and Lupin goes, yeah, that was, like, I nearly didn't forgive Sirius for that, but over time yeah. I did. Like, it's never brought up. Well, yeah, it was Lupin um, angry with him. Oh, I would have yeah, Fucking hell, like... <laughs> but I don't think that's entirely accurate to canon, because Lupin is someone that we know will forgive his friends basically any trespass at all just because they're his friends and because they love him Mm -hmm. despite you know the fact that he's broken and evil inside which is what he thinks about himself yeah I don't think like he might have been a bit angry at Sirius or a bit betrayed but I don't think he would even I don't think he would ever vocalize that to Sirius definitely not and I don't think he would even really confront it inside of himself and because of the fact that there were no consequences and nobody got hurt, I think he might even be like, this was a good thing. Because, you know, Snape was trying to prove to everybody that I'm a werewolf, and Mm. now... He can't. Now he's been neutralised as a threat, because Dumbledore's told him that he can't tell anyone about it. So I'm safe now. So, like, I think, yeah, he thought it was a good thing. Yeah. That's also why he didn't interfere at all or try to stop his friends when they when it was Snape's worst memory, like a few weeks later, we're assuming, or a few months later. Mm-hmm. He was like probably thinking, yeah, Snape deserves it for what he tried to do to me, because it was definitely a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also why the, when the Marauders become Animagus and they start letting Lupin out of the Shrieking Shack and they all start exploring mm. the school together, like, it's why they go along with that, because they've already... The prank had already happened before they became Animagus. Animagi, I should say. Animagi, Mm. I can't remember. The reason why, like, none of them really thought of this as, like, a 
very, very extremely dangerous, reckless thing that they were doing was because basically they'd already gotten away with it. Yeah, they're untouchable. <laughs> yeah, they feel untouchable because they're stupid, arrogant teenage boys. I think that carries through in canon with just Sirius's character in terms of, you know, how he treats creature mm. as well. Like, he internalizes the fact that he can sort of treat other beings a sort of way or other, like, as, as a joke or with, like, hate in his heart because, you know, he doesn't think about the consequences of his own actions at That's all. That's true. Yeah. It's internalized into adulthood and leads to his death. Yeah. Sirius is deeply reckless, someone who never thinks about the consequences before he has to deal with them. And he gets, like, his comeuppance with that when he's sent to Azkaban. But he doesn't seem to learn the lesson. Because <laughs> he's, cause he's, um... Emotionally just, stunted. Again, emotionally stunted, but also he, he carries the fact that he's innocent. Yeah. That time in his heart, so he never actually learns a lesson about, oh, maybe why do people perceive me this way? as well and like have in my past have I done actions that are similar to this and that I can learn from no just the opposite it vindicates yeah. him it because vindicates he's him. like exactly. oh I, I'm innocent this whole time I've been wrongly persecuted so I'm yeah. the victim <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is true on some level but also you're an angry prick and you, just, you need to reflect on what you do <laughs> mm. fascinating stuff anyway have we reached a have we reached a conclusion <laughs> uh Snake deserved it I've been jam. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say for that, that entire thing, both of you predominantly referred to, like, Severus as Snape, and I was just like, the way you're framing, like, oh, James, oh, serious, Snape. <laughs> Fuck Snape. Even in your defense, you're like, Snape. And I'm like, I know that's how teachers refer to students as well, but it was very funny. It felt very much like... <sighs> Snape's some weedy Nazi boy trying to out another student to the public. Fuck that guy. I yeah. don't care if he nearly gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> Also, that's some bullshit. Listen back, listeners. I used everybody's full name or their last name every time. Yeah, sorry, you did. Jem might have been an unprofessional teacher, but I was doing it yeah. wrong. Yeah, look, I I was yeah. unprofessional. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just say, no, it's not really you, it was Jem. <laughs> I had to defend several students <laughs> in my house. It was rough. <laughs> I'm glad I had Lily Potter's testimony. Oh yeah, thank God for Lily Potter. I only had to defend the one innocent angel, yes. Severus Snape. <laughs> oh, yuck. Yuck. Uh, hope you enjoyed Die Will Summer. Hope we, we did it justice. <laughs> Sorry, the structure was weird. <laughs> I've been Jem, and I am of the opinion that I don't give a fuck about anything Snape says, and he had it coming. He should have been killed. <laughs> Not by Lupin, but just by someone in general. <laughs> by a big snake, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I've been Josh. My entire goal was to transition from Richard Harris to Michael Gambon, sans accent, that entire time, so hopefully it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it did. You did. You definitely started out as, like, far more mediating between us and Karma, and then you got angry at me later. <laughs> Classic Dumbledore. <laughs> angry and biased. Well done. <laughs> <sighs> I've been Rhea. Don't out your friends. Where can we find you, Josh? Uh, you can't. I'm in my hole. No, <laughs> um, you can find me. I'm also on That's Not Canon Productions Network. Um, I run the podcast Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. Um, recently, we did an interview with a Australian author, 
by the name of Aaron Dries. It's a really fun episode. It's called Concrete Ghosts. It's about like nearly two hours, and he's a horror author. So if you're a horror fan, it's a pretty fun episode to jump on. Otherwise, we we do episodes bi-monthly, and they usually cover free films centered around like one theme. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It's a good show. Everyone should go and listen. Uh, my Twitter is just my name with an underscore at the end. At Joshua Greek underscore. <laughs> find me there. You can find me through Gem's Twitter or Ray's Twitter as well. I'm around. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Josh. And goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.